Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. SRB Media. Is it so you're lost in dreams beside the world? Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 24 of our weekly podcast, The Current View with the Idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. How's, how are you doing? Fine, thank you. A week is a long time in football. Sometimes that week seems like an eternity. So many things have been going on. So many questions. So much to get through. Most important thing tonight is, how was that shepherd's pie that you cooked last week? Beautiful. Was it? Even if I say it myself. <laughs> there were none left anyway. Is that where you were when you, were, you phoned me up and you was at Tesco's? Yes, getting some gear in. <laughs> Fantastic. We've got a lot to get through. As I've said, we're going to touch upon the um, Two Finger Salute and Howard's Way, the new DVD uh, from them wonderful halcyon days of Everton Football Club that you were a part of. But first, as always, let's start with the magic moments of the week. What have you picked up for me over the last seven days? There's been that many. Yeah, I picked I one out and then I changed my mind for another. Yeah. And then I, I changed my mind on Sunday. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say about it, I'm, again, I'm going to have two out of the three. Yeah. And one of them, I feel embarrassed leaving it out, De Bruyne. I'm leaving yeah. it out. Yeah, you know, uh, but the the magic moment uh, and uh, was the dunk free kick at Liverpool. Yeah, for Brighton, the initiative to see what they were lining his wall up and asking the referee, "Can I take it?" You know, wasn't it's a great free kick, but it was brilliantly thought out. Yep, and so it was a finish goal. But the best goal over the weekend, and like I said, that's the Bruyne's was a, a fantastic goal. But but Jack Grealish, and I know we go on about it, but it was just sublime. Absolutely everything. It's an it's a, an angle. All right, it's an angle. If you kill it and you get it right, it goes in. You know. Yeah. But he did everything right uh, to get the goal. You know, he's at Man United at Old Trafford. Uh, gives them the first goal. I know. I know we missed out. Missed out on one. But uh, the goal itself. That's uh, that's the best goal of a weekend for me. But the magic moment was that dunk free kick. I thought it was brilliant to think, think and keep it down and all. And even Liverpool all looked flabbergasted, didn't they? The yeah. the, the players. So that was just three things. And we've got to mention De Bruyne because it was a great goal and all, wasn't it? You it know, was, so it was fantastic. And and in in that game of Manchester City, there was a lovely for one of the goals, a lovely build up and a David Silver back heel. You know that that kid is an absolute yeah. magician as well. I do love to watch David Silver play. But well, you but you're right, Jack Grealish's goal. Absolute top. Jesus, Jesus, last yeah, night, and then you know a great goal that was. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, they scored, they they scored two worldies. They scored yeah. four good goals, but they scored two worldies at Manchester City. Yeah, you know, but uh, we do we are seeing some great football. We are we moan and groan about everything, but uh, we do see some great football from the Liverpools of this world and the and the the Manchester Cities, and then you've got individual players. What stand out in a team because the team's a good team, but without it being a, a Liverpool or a Manchester City like Jack Grealish does at Villa, you know, 
Um, and it's great to see. It's great to watch. It is fantastic because that's what fans want to see, whether it's your team or you're watching a game of football on the TV, to see something that gets you off your feet and to admire the artistry. I mean, there was another goal that the uh, lad at Peterborough scored. It was a bit route one, the ball come back and he volleyed it from about 40 yards. Yes, they've scored some unbelievable goals this season. They are Peterborough. Yeah, they are. You know... So we are, the good thing about the, the TV, we, we, I don't moan and groan about it because you, we can watch it uh, every day at week practically now. Yep. In fact, this week, it's on every day at week, isn't it? Because it's on Thursday, Newcastle and um, Sheffield United. I think there's another game on on Thursday night. But no, we've seen some fantastic goals and we are we out the TV coverage uh, that these, especially these uh, teams in lower leagues, that, you know, they won't be, they, people wouldn't be able to see them. You know, but they'll they'll be able to live with them for the rest of their lives. These players, what scored in these goals? You see, what I used to love about match of the day in the seventies that they used to go down to the second division and the third division in old money, which would now be the championship and and League One, and and I think that that was that was great, and I think that that's what they should do. And you know, my only argument about match of the day these days is there's, there's a lot more talking, as Brian Clough used to tell them. Yeah. Shut up. And get more football played, yeah. And um, and it, and it's almost as though it's an advertisement for the Premier League. It's just the Premier League. I would like to see more games down the the pyramid. And of course, then in our in our region, it was it was Star Soccer, and that was yeah. the first time the that Midlands yeah, and yeah, York, I, yeah and I saw saw you play. You know, went London, bit of Forest. London, London, London Central, and all that thing. You know, I mean yeah. Midlands, yeah. Yeah, so you know. so you we did used to see a, a lot more diverse football, but yeah. but as you say now, Sky has changed it. It is a whole new ball game, and Amazon have come on board and, and they're changing it even more. Well, people said to me about four years ago, mm-hmm. you know, you can't keep going on like this. I said, listen, yeah. Amazon. What? There's another one. Who's the other one? There's another big American one. Well, uh, you've got. Um, <clears throat> Um, there's, another, there's Amazon, another one. I forget who it was. Just about four years ago, yeah. and I said, uh, if these come into it, it'll be they'll get even more money players. Yeah. And there's talk about them, you know, the, the sky and them can't compete with it. Mm-hmm. So if that happens, then it's going to be even bigger because it's global, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it it's, you know, will it come in this game where if you look, I was talking about the FA Cup on my wall, and. Yeah. Uh, how global that was uh, in our when we were kids growing up watching it, and we for some unknown reason we just let it fall by the wayside. And the American football has taken over like the FA Cup, and that's gone global. And they obviously they fetching one team to play here in uh, in England, play one match in England every year, don't they? Yeah. But don't be surprised if they don't fetch a team to play in London. Right? Because it it's opening it up, and the, the same thing will happen to football, yep. where one game will go probably go to America or Japan or China, because the amount of money that those clubs will receive or the Premier League will receive yep. will be phenomenal. 
100% spot on. I think it could be Arabia because if you look at if you look at the well, common yeah. thread, bo- yeah. boxing now there's a lot of boxing going on <clears throat> in in Saudi Arabia and that part. And I was listening to Talk Sport today, and they was almost saying uh, Arabia is Islamic, but we're going to create another country <laughs> that's westernised to host all these big games of sport and no bigger game in sport than football. Football, yeah, I agree with you 100 on that without doubt but I do but think it, that's what will happen it will happen yeah. that, that one game will come in somewhere along the line I've been talking about it the 39th game for some time but I yeah. think it'll be an integral part like the Super Bowl and well, it, it, it will be a proper Premier League game not not an, ex, an exhibition game they've been getting knocked back they've been yeah. getting knocked back why have they been getting knocked back there's only one reason and it's money yeah. now Amazon's come on board there's another big company Facebook they was talking to doing it on it Facebook they was talking about doing it on Facebook as well and it does make sense because it is a global market and it's a streaming system as well so right. you know if you look at India I remember Robbie Keane talking about his yeah. time in India and they get 80,000 plus to games in India China is another country that that's that loves its football and is starting and you know we've had one or two players and Benitez is out there if these get involved in it exactly Amazon that that game will will definitely happen it will definitely happen because it's just more money yeah you know they'll never turn money down no no, I mean money. Owners will never turn the money down. No, sadly, money is king, and and the fans' opinions and the fans' beliefs and traditions will all go out the window because, as you rightly say, it is all about money. My magic moments. Can this, I just, just yes, can I just course. interrupt you a minute, Gary? Yeah, of course. Just one second. Yeah. Cup of tea time. Listen, <laughs> if you fetch me a cup of tea up here again without a biscuit, I'm going to get myself another woman. Back down and get me a cup of tea quickly. Fancy <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, Gabby, go on. What's your magic magic moment? This is the lovely part of the podcast. You know, the, it, it's that bit of realism. Oh, that, <laughs> that personality, that family connection as well. I've got to say, my missus is wrapping Christmas presents up. She put the Christmas tree up in the last podcast, but I've yet to have a cup of tea brought up. Now, we're selling ours. <laughs> <laughs> He said his missus are wrapping Christmas uh, presents up. I said, we're selling ours. <laughs> right, yeah, my, my magic moments, again, Jack Grealish, because I thought it was absolutely magnificent. The guy that, who scored the first we're goal... We're going to get slaughtered, because I don't think there's a weekend goes without <laughs> me and you mentioning him, and we've both gone for him this weekend. <laughs> but the catching up, I've noticed, you know, on, on local radio here, there was an Albion fan phones up, and there's Jack Grealish is a baller. You know, you, you, you see... A number of things now on talk sport and bits and pieces going, Jack Grealish is king. Jack Grealish, you know, he really can cut it. He needs to be called up thing. We've been saying this for years about Jack yeah. Grealish and they're all just catching up now. And you, you look at it and you just think, well, these some of these are so-called experts. Why couldn't they see this two years ago when we could? It's ridiculous. Uh, listen, what, Gabby, what did I say to you about it? Yeah. You know, the the miss out on players because to look and look and yeah. the only thing what you need to find out about a player is his personality. And what I mean by that is he out drinking? Is he doing this? Is he doing that? That was the only thing because if you can tell he's a good player, yeah, right, then uh, you don't need to keep looking at him. What you need to find out, yeah. you know, is it going to be a problem to that club? Will he fit into our system of playing? But uh, listen, Jack Grealish will fit in anywhere. Yeah, 
Absolutely. He, he, he is like the great players, the message. What, I'm not putting him on, on message uh, radar yet. What, what I mean by that, he's so composed. If you look at all the great players, when the ball comes to them, they seem to have time. Yep. They don't panic. They're not worried about it. And they're wanting that player to come. Come on. Come on. Commit yourself so yep. I can make this pass. And th- that's the great thing about them. Yeah, I've done a 20-minute piece with with Alan Hudson about Jack, and Al's a great fan of, of Jack. And he was saying, you know, players like Jack Grealish, you know, they, they're given gifts that not everybody is given those gifts. And probably Gascoigne was the last one yeah. that was given gifts like, like Jack Grealish. Um, a gift also, um, the goal that was scored by RB Leipzig player. I think his name's Sheik. It was the first goal that they scored, and, and I did post it up. He's got the ball, he's turned and he's spun, and he's just dinked it over the goalkeeper with the left oh, foot. And I absolutely thought that sublime. Was, it was just, it was just incredible. I must have watched it about twenty I, times now. I love goal. the free kick, uh, the woman's game you put up. Yeah, um, and that's my third one, uh, yeah, Emma Follies. What a free kick right in the top corner! You, you just think it's just sublime talent. It's just brilliant. And, and no matter where they're playing, whether it's women's football, they're playing over in Germany, they're in the Premier League, they're playing in the Conference, wherever they play, goals are goals and magic moments are magic moments. And I just look at everything um, in an unbiased uh, manner. Well, I, I, sorry, go on. Yeah. And, and, and just say it as I see it and, and just love those moments in football. I'm fair and balanced with everything. Exactly. You know, I can still, I can still like a, uh, still love my team, Sheffield Wednesday, but yeah. I can turn around and say, but if Sheffield United have got a, an unbelievable player, I'll say, what a player he is, like Brooks was yeah. before they sold him to, Bor- to Bournemouth. And what I was going to say about the women, I don't look at women playing football because what I take away, what I take out of it is they haven't got the men's strength. But yeah. technically, it's some great matches. It's not quick like the men's game is because you know it's physic the strength they haven't got the physical strength of a of a male you know but the, some of the football some of the goals they score is absolutely fantastic yeah, I, I used to do quite a bit with Birmingham City ladies. I was a stadium announcer. I know what you're telling me, yeah. Yeah, and, and my lads, they went and played um, floodlit football and just before the European tournaments, I think it was about 2003, 2000, it was early 2000s, they played England's ladies because they were pre- preparing for tournaments in England. And I went and watched them. It's a behind-closed-doors game. And uh, I know half the, the kids because i, I coached and managed many of them and they're all coming off after and saying it was such a physical battle them them girls because they went into the game and they didn't know whether to you know put the tackle in or you know they thought we're only playing against girls we better be a bit gentle he said they were absolutely smashing into the boys so after after a few minutes it was like you know it was just a proper game of football and uh, it, it if it wasn't for the fact that they had a couple of quick boys up front um, and that was the difference but certainly technical ability there wasn't an awful lot of difference You're I mean right. all, all, all the people around my area yeah. what listen to the, this pod, this podcast what we put on yeah. um, when I when I was a young kid around about 12, 13, 14 11 we had a girl playing with us called Jalawi okay her dad was a good player and her brother was a good player she was a full back but she played with us yeah when it was unheard of in those days yeah you know, and she was a great player, was Jill. Absolutely yeah. fabulous player. Quick, could use the ball well. Up and down the line, you know, I mean, they call them wing backs. Yeah. We call them full backs nowadays. Yep. 
But I mean, we're talking about Terry Cooper and them. They all bomb forward, but Jill were were a strong. When I say strong, I don't mean hefty girls. She were she was slim and fit, but very strong and very fit to get up and down. But uh, technically, very good. She was a very good player. And do you remember in Lucas Radby's testimonial, Lucy Ward played and uh, and scored a goal. So I remember the uh, the Leeds fans all singing, "Sign her up, sign her up." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised at that. The way you. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm honest, no, but don't tell Jock. By the yeah. way, how did Jock get on uh, this week while we're in uh, while we're talking about Jock? Well, he played uh, yesterday yeah. down at uh, Doncaster in the under 23s. Uh, I thought he played quite well. Uh, they were two 0 down, uh, and then they came back uh, win to win three two. I mean, when I said they were two 0 down, uh, they'd only had two shots at Don- yeah. uh, Doncaster. I mean, Grimsby were a better team. You know, but having said that, we've got a few more experienced players in. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. So uh, I thought he played quite well, uh, and and the beat Doncaster, and he'd be, he was happy at that because obviously Doncaster is one of his old clubs. So uh, good. So that's uh, he's back playing again. So and it, they've got to change. Excuse me, they've got to change a manager. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jolly's left his post. Uh, for uh, Reen has been, you know, having a argument with uh, one of the local radio uh, stations. Oh, okay. And so they put um, Anthony uh, Anthony Limbrick uh, in temporary charge. But he's doing well, and if he, if he does well, um, he'll probably get the job. So good luck to him, and good luck to Michael Jolly in, in, his, in his next adventure. So they sacked him because he had an argument with the radio presenter? Well, yeah. When I say he's had an argument, uh, Obviously, they played it. It's it was effing and blinding at him. So All right, you've got to watch what you do and what you say. Yeah. You know that, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna call you Michael then. Sorry, yeah. uh, Gabby. You've got to watch what you do. And yeah. they've what they've done. They've they've taped him. In him unknowing they were taping him. Wow. And he's had a right go at him, wow. and effing and blinding. You know, it's wrong what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wrong what they've done. Uh, but you know as well as I do, you're in the public eye and people can say things mm. to you, but you've got to restrain yourself else you're going to be in trouble. And but that, Michael's lost his job for it because that, of it. That's almost entrapment, that is, though, isn't it? Mm. If you know, it is. If they've like, you know, done that, they've, 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 I suppose they've loaded the gun and let him fire it, but they haven't told him that they're videoing it or, no, or recording how, how it. Do they, how do these people get away with I it? I don't know. I, I find that absolutely bizarre. Well, it's in what's got yeah. to take the consequences well, for it. Well, so, but no, play, very done very well yesterday. Uh, he's getting there now. His balance is getting uh, still needs a little bit more, bit more time. Yeah, you know, because I think it'd be about twenty-one when he, it, you know, when you get these players, uh, uh, the way Mooney's will come in at eighteen and the, the bomb it straight away. Yep. You know, having said that, he's bombed it all the way through. But some will bomb it early doors, yep. and some don't. Developed until the 21, I think, uh, is going to be in and around that, uh, unless it fills out quicker. But uh, it's techie shape now. I was very uh, impressed with him uh, yesterday. And of course, Doncaster was your first club, which leads us into the two finger salute that you gave when you was at almost your last club, Sunderland. Yes, yes. Funny, funny scenario where there's a, like I said, I'd need more time to, to, to go deep into it. I was in Greece, I could be ending my career. I've had problems with my knee. Yeah. My right knee, what I, I did when I was at Forest. 
I've still got the pin in it now. Anyway, uh, I was in uh, Greece with a team called Panonios, me and Gary Owen. Yeah. Uh, and they hadn't paid us for a month. And Gary kept, typical, Gary, it was another one, Gary Owen. He said to me, go and see him, T. Never them go, go and see us. I mean, it's always me, go and see him, T. Anyway, um, what happened was, I goes in to see him, I said, what are you going to pay us? Uh, tomorrow, it's always tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow. You know, so uh, I said, okay, well, I'll wait well tomorrow. But the following day, we're going training. Uh, Gary um, goes down to the bank because I went straight back to the hotel. Yeah. He come back, he said, we haven't been paid. So uh, he hadn't been paid, so obviously I haven't been paid. But I had mine transferred into to, to England and I phoned my dad up and I said, has the wages gone in? No. So what I did, I got my knees come out, yep. you know, um, in Greece uh, with a friend. Yeah. Because we haven't been paid for a month, there's a load of English people in there. We're on the, we're on the top floor, right, in the open air balcony. Yeah. I, I tell everybody, I said, the meals are all on me. So I bought everybody a meal. Right? And it's her last day uh, for coming home, is, is our Michaela. It's her last day, so I bought all the English people a meal, and I signed for it all. And then I, fl I, fl I flew home the next day, and I phoned the club up, and I said to the club, I've had my wages, I bought everybody a meal. That's how I went stopping long, you know. Anyway, when I get back, uh, I've had, I got three calls from Lou Chatterley, assistant manager at uh, Southampton. Well, I left Southampton, because I wanted to go to Sheffield Wednesday, but I didn't, I weren't, I didn't like Laurie McManamy. I didn't like I didn't like the things how he did. But that doesn't mean that you wouldn't like him, Gabby, yeah. or anybody else. You know, every you've always somebody where you think you don't feel comfortable with. And I, with Laurie, you know, he, he always looked after older players and, and us young ones. He, he, he tried to belittle you, belittle you a little bit. You know, when you're a kid, you know, you don't like it. Anyway, I'm at home and there's no mobiles and and I'm I'm in the bath. And this was the third time he'd phoned, he'd phoned up and my dad, and I said to my dad, tell him I'm not in, you know. So uh, my dad said, look, he is in, because he must have heard him. He said, he is in, and I won't make him phone you back. And he, went, went, he put the phone down, and I got out of bath, got dry, and I said, to, he said to me, look, you're not playing for Lottie McManaman, you're going to play for Sunderland. Yeah. Right. So I finished up, going up, talking with him, and they've got a good team there. They had a very, very good team. Eric Gates, uh, Dave Swindlers, uh, Frankie Gray, Alan Kennedy, you know, uh, Gary Bennett. There's some great players yeah. there. Yeah. You know, anyway, um, after a month, we, we weren't going great. We weren't getting results. But the lads were obviously talking about McMenemy. Me. They didn't like this and didn't like that. And sometimes, you know, when you hear people say uh, the players will get the managers out. Yep. That's what happens, you know. They're not happy with the uh, formation. They're not happy that he's not playing there. So anyway, uh, I've been there a month, and then I get a phone call from my sister-in-law Patsy. This one on the Thursday, and she said to me, "I've got some bad news for you. Uh, your dad's got cancer, and they haven't given him long uh, to live." Yeah. I said, "Look, I'll have to go in in the morning, but I'll be back. I'll be down first thing in the morning." Sunderland were playing Birmingham. Yeah. Playing Birmingham. Uh, and so I goes in and he said he can't you know we need you I said no I'm going it, my dad's more important than football to me so I came home so he lived a little bit longer than 
the doctors gave him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if they give him a month, yeah. he'll live like eight weeks, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I hadn't been up, I hadn't trained, and they phoned me up a couple of times saying, you, we need you to come up, we need you, you know, uh, players are injured, we're not playing well, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they played Sheffield United this one day, this Saturday, a certain Saturday, and uh, they got beat. And the fans must have gone ballistic. And I mean ballistic. Yeah. Um, when I uh, when I went back up on the Tuesday, right, lads were telling me, because they phoned me up, and, I, and after this game on Saturday, I, I've got to call, whatever, you, you've got to come, right, even if you go back, you've got to come back up to play this game against Manchester City with a reserve game, like, you know. Yeah. They thought they could talk me round just staying back there because they're having such a bad time. But when he got into his car, McMenemy, he got a gold Mercedes. All the fans were trying to up tip it. Lads said it was frightening, Terry. It was absolutely frightening. So I went up for this game, you know. Uh, my brother said to me, look, just go up and play the game. Because my mind, my mind were all over. You got really close to be dead. Yeah. So we're playing Manchester City. Uh, we There was a free kick. And the, one of the young lads what played on the Saturday, there were the fans. Because there used to get a good few fans in those reserve games at yeah. Sunderland. And uh, they were giving him some stick. And uh, and I'm saying to kid, forget his name now. I mean, we're going back a few years into yeah. the 80s, aren't we? So yeah. anyway, I'm saying to him, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. And he said, no, I don't want to take it. I don't want to take it. Will you take it? And, it, you know, he's, he's on the ball and the fans are booing him. Yeah. So I put my fingers up. Right. I said, get off. You know, they can't aim me talk. But I put my fingers up at him. Get off his back. Yeah. You know, uh, because he would get his stick from, from the Saturday game. Yeah. Anyway, after the game, the police come to arrest me, right? For foul and abusive language. I says, anyway, goes on. No happened of it. Following day, uh, the papers, many be sacked current. Yeah. That's why I've never forgiven for it. Yeah. You know, because he, he knew the position. He did it because of the situ- the scenario with um, with him giving all the stick. And me not refusing to play. My dad were more important, yeah. and I know Sunderland weren't doing particularly well, you know. But I was only going up there to try and do him a favour because my knees, my, my knees couldn't take it anyway. Like like I told you when I went yeah. down to Martin, because I'm, you know, I am kind-hearted type of person. You know, I said, look, I'll come and play a couple of games for you. That type of thing. That would have been different with Sunderland, but once my dad. I'd been, I'd been told that he, he, he got cancer, he hadn't got left, long left to live. And obviously my mind weren't right and I really never should have gone back. Yeah. And that was the reason why I put my two fingers up to him. It weren't, it weren't in a competitive, well, it was a reserve game, so it was a competitive game, but not a league game. But the only reason why I did it is because the fans were giving the young lad who played on the Saturday, uh, I mean, it was a lie, because they were giving everybody some stick on, you know, even in that game, because when the team's not doing well, and some of the players, what McMenemy did, because he hadn't played well on Saturday, he played a few of them in, in the reserves on yeah. the uh, Tuesday or the Wednesday. And that was the reason for it. That And, and the reason why he did it, because obviously I was going through a bit of a bad time with my dad. Yeah. So uh, I've never forgiven for it, for that. And then I, and I didn't want to go up there. I, it's only my dad saying to me, you know, you're not playing for, for McMenemy, you're going to be playing for Sunderland, you know. But sometimes you make these decisions and... It can be awkward, and it turned out awkward in all in in uh, all aspects of it. You know, from with my dad being like he was, and then he obviously he didn't live long after that. Yeah. Um, and that's when I practically packed him with football altogether. Then really. 
Have you spoke to Laurie since, or was that the last time that you you spoke to him? You, you, yeah, that's the last time yeah, I spoke to yeah. him. I mean, he's, he's wrote some good things about me, but yeah, you know, he's good at um, putting things across, and he's a nice bloke in one sense. Yeah, but, but when you're working in an environment, I mean, a, a prime example. I remember uh, Graham Baker. Uh, what did Graham Baker? Oh, Trevor. Either Trevor Hubbard, either Greenbaker, Trevor, one of those. We'd, we'd played really well and we'd beat some, this team two or three nil. And uh, I've come down from the um, players' lounge. Yeah. And when you go into the, into the old Dell, uh, the showers shower room was facing the um, changing room. And, and and if it were if it weren't Graham or Trevor, one of them was having a shower. Yeah. 10 past seven when I went there and I thought you don't be having showers you don't usually have showers then and he just put me what's up he said I'm not playing and he got tears in his eyes mm. you know uh, he said it's how he spoke to me but in those days that's how they, that's how they did speak to us all mm. you know it weren't just when I say all oh, all those kids you know they can't get away with it nowadays can they you know no it would be doing bullying now wouldn't it yeah and, 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 and if I'm honest when I think about it, we were we were we were bullied. We were bullied when we were kids. Yeah. But there's nothing you can do about it, you know. But that's the reason why I've never spoke to him. I would never speak to him again because of that that scenario. And if Laurie picked up the phone and says, "Look, T, so I'm I'm sorry about that. It happened a long time ago. Life's short. Can we bury the hatchet and we'll go out and have a drink?" And I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I would yeah. because. I don't really owe grudges, exactly. but I've never, I've never forgiven for it. I must yeah. admit, and it's yeah. not the football thing. It was my dad more than no exactly. else. Exactly, it was yeah. my dad more than no else. I connect. I, listen, football's about opinions. Either you're a good player or a bad player. Yeah. You're in team, you're out of team. Up. You know, you know. I don't like it. That's up to you know. Somebody else don't like it. But at the end of the day, he's the manager, and it's his opinion on on, on what they do. Yeah. But this was nothing to do with me being dropped anything like that. I came up for that reserve game. I did what I did. Uh, because I weren't happy. I weren't happy how things were. I weren't happy how what would happen with my dad, and I weren't happy that I was meant to go back up and play. So it was, it was all, it was a wrong time to be playing a football match, yep. and it was a wrong thing to do playing in that match. I mean, today that just wouldn't have happened because you, you would, no, no, you, no. you wouldn't have been forced to play that game. Did the PFA get involved, TC? Did you? No, no, I, I never, yeah. no, I never, I never got involved. I never got, I've never got involved yeah. with PFA. Oh, like, I mean, nowadays, yeah. if the wives are uh, expected, they're, exactly, then they're not playing, and you know, so so when someone's dying in the family, yep. You know, they'd be more sympathetic towards it, wouldn't they? Sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I'm just saying that's what happened and yeah. that's what I did. And that's what, you know, uh, that's it were the big headlines in all the national papers. Many of me sacks current for putting two fingers slowed up and all that, you know. But people didn't realise what had gone off and why, you know, do what you had th- happened. Do you think if Laurie was the manager of Southampton and, and it was back a few years and you were flying, you were at the beginning of your career rather than the end of your career... You still think it would have been the same outcome? No, listen, n- listen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell everybody what's yeah. listening on here. Yeah. A club will only get rid of a player yep. when he's not a sellable asset. Yep. Like Keown at Derby County. Yep. There's three people that we know of have done something wrong. Yep. Two are still there, one's got the sack. Yep. Two Two, what's there, are sellable assets. Yep. What are you doing when I was 23? Yep. Oh, 
<laughs> I wish you would have done. I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have made thousands of pounds myself. Because you, you never see it. You see, people, you see players do things and you think, why isn't he being, you know, not us players, but fans will look at it. How has he got away with that? How has he not been sacked? Yeah. Why? Because he's a sellable asset and somebody will always try and buy that player, you know, unless he's at the wrong age yeah. or the player's no good. The, the, the other clubs, you know, they're not going to sell him yeah. to anyone. No one's going to buy him. Uh, then, 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 then that's why they do it. That's why they do it. But Laurie got to take it out of someone because he, he was getting all the abuse. And I said I weren't coming back up. I've been, I've missed three games, four games or something, you know. And they're they're saying to me, well, you know, we'll, we'll we'll find you. I said, we'll find me. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I'd have gone to PFA. I'd, They'd have done something about it. Obviously, yeah. they'd done something about it. But in those days, that's how life were, yes. wasn't it? Yes, it was. You know, Very because different. if we spoke about how some of our managers set us, yeah. I mean, here's a prime example. We're going off of football. Decep, not, well, the Decepstein and the other one, the filmmaker, how these young uh, actresses now are coming out yeah, and yeah. they get into trouble for it. Yeah. I mean, if we said something about some of the things how we were treating with, with, with these managers, they, they would be in trouble. In, in a sense, it was abusive, yeah. you know, and verbally, well, abusive is verbally, but um, it weren't nice. It weren't a nice scenario to be in. It wasn't. It wasn't. Especially when you were a kid. It was all right when you were an older player because they didn't speak to you like that. It, yeah. was, just, it was the young players. Again, all about opinions, which leads us on to our five of the best forwards from the 60s and the 70s. So what what five have you got for me, TC? Are we having the English? British. Or British we're, having, we're having British. Yeah, we did communicate right. and you said, let's go British. From the, from the 70s, but, but because you're slightly older and more experienced, you can go back to the 60s. I actually can't, but you can. Right. No, I'll, I'll do what, what you want to see. What, what we're doing, 70s, did you say? Yeah, five five of your, your favourite, your best, five of your best from the forwards that we had in the uh, in the 70s. In the 70s. Yeah. Well, Charlie George is one of them. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Greaves was still playing then, so I'm going to have Jimmy Greaves. Yeah. Two. Um, a, a guy called Martin Chivers. Yep, okay. That's three. Yep. Uh, what, am I going to put Michael McDonald in that? No, I'm going to put Alan Clark in it. Okay, Clark. Alan Clark. And then... Sniffer. He weren't, he weren't a centre-forward. He weren't a centre-forward because he was allowed to play anywhere he wanted. And he's a forward, so I'm going to put the the greatest player I've ever seen with George Best. So them's my five. Them are a top five. Say, Greavesy, his best days were behind him, wasn't they, in, in, in the 70s? His best mm. days were in the 60s. And, and again, I didn't see the best of Jimmy, so that's why I haven't put Jimmy Greaves in my five. But my opinion of Jimmy is he's the greatest forward English forward that we've ever had and probably ever likely to have. Brilliant, absolutely. He, he got, again, when I mentioned Jack Grealish, is because of the young lads. Yeah. But all the senior people my age will look at Alan Hudson and your Stambols and your, and your, and your Alan Hudsons, all so cool, all so cool on the ball. Yeah. 
you know. So um, I've I've had them in, and I've gone and I've gone uh, English with practically all them. And I know you said British, yeah. But we just might do a Scottish one because there's some great Scottish ones. You know, King Dennis, he'd get in anybody in anyone's. Uh, forward line so so at the end of the day uh, I have gone British on that well English on that because they are great English players I saw playing in England again with with the king uh, the lawman again his best days were in the 60s 60s yeah weren't it you know as I was starting to watch football in from 1972 really pretty much onwards yeah. and understanding the, the beautiful game um, Dennis had been sold to Manchester City in 73 and then the 73-74 season scored the back heel goal the back heel goal yeah, yeah ultimate, took Manchester City down yeah exactly Old Trafford yeah, and when I interviewed Jim McCallie, who's your favourite Sheffield Wednesday player, in the dressing room, in the home dressing room, Dennis was sitting there in tears. Mm. Um, we, so, yes, go you, on to so. You can imagine it, couldn't you? you oh, know, absolutely. You want to score for your own your team playing for, but obviously Man yeah. United was were a really big part of him. Yeah. These are some of the players that I've left out, OK, of my five. Francis Lee, Mick Shannon, Kevin Keegan, Alan Clark, Trevor Francis, Charlie George, Kevin Ector, Peter Witham, Brian Little. What? Well, I'm going to tell what? you one thing. Yeah. I'm going to tell you one thing, young man. Go on. How you'd left Charlie George out, you'll never make a manager you. <laughs> now, anyway, go on. When you're looking at the forwards that we've got to take to the Euros next summer... If we had half of those players, we would be absolute dead certs. And those were the players that I'd left out. Right, in fifth place. And 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 again, I suppose I'm a little bit con- contradicting myself here. Um, but in fifth place, I'm going to put Peter Osgood. Because when I first started watching football... The King of Stamford Bridge was still on match of the day, and I remember watching Peter as as a kid and uh, and looking at this guy and my dad telling me how brilliant that he was and uh, and and is. Um, and since I've been I've hooked up with with Alan and we've done Udd at fifty, looked at his career, the Chelsea years, and my life, my music with Udd, and and he's told me about Peter Osgood, and I've looked at Oz in a completely yeah. different manner, and and I just think Oz is iconic and one of the greats and he did he was still at Southampton when they uh, won the FA Cup in 76 76 yeah, yeah. So, so I still was playing in the 70s although probably arguably his better days were behind yeah. him but I, I, I'm still putting Osgood I missed him just at Southampton yeah and again you know the ones you've left you've left out it's incredible because again like I say when we're leaving these players out you know uh I've mixed and matched them what I've yeah. left out. But if we, Osgood would have been in my team, England team, because yeah. round about them, Jimmy Greaves and them would have, wouldn't have been playing. Yeah. They'd have been too old to play for a national team then. You yeah. know, wrong, wrong, wrong side of 30. So Osgood would have been in it, you know. But I saw Jimmy Greaves play, so I could not, not leave him out, him and uh, yeah. Martin Chivers. Well, again, Udder, uh, Greaves, he was an absolute legend and, and, and Alan was absolutely thrilled to wear Jimmy's number eight shirt for Chelsea. Again, another idol of Alan Hudson was Jimmy Greaves and he absolutely loves him. In fourth place, I've, I've got to I've put um, Supermac. <laughs> you know, from what he'd done at Newcastle, 
and Arsenal. Sadly, not for England because he scored five goals and never got picked again. Again. But but Malcolm had blistering pace and pace. he was brave. I, I just think Malcolm had got absolutely everything. And if McDonald was playing today, you'd be looking at at least £100 million to, uh, to buy Do you Superman. know when he started off, don't you? Fulham. Fulham at yeah. left back, yeah. Yeah, yeah full back. Yeah. Woody says the only reason that they sold him is because Johnny Haynes got fed up. He wouldn't pass to him. <laughs> Hang on. Um, do you know where he went from there, from Fulham? Luton. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say, he went to Luton from there yeah. and then from Luton to Newcastle. Yeah. He made his I think £180,000, something like that, wasn't it? Can't remember the price, but on his debut, he scored three goals against Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah. Yeah. And and people were saying, you know, in the 74 FA Cup final, I was mouthing off against Liverpool. But I think that Malcolm did that because he'd absolutely destroyed him on his debut a few years you know that some You know that 74 Cup final, don't you? Yeah, go on. All right. I'm playing for Don, uh, Don Cassie. Playing the first game, I was on the bench. I was only a kid. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I was on the bench. And Kitch, great player, Peter Kitch. And I tell you what... Ten times out of ten, he would have scored that goal. Because cool on the honestly, cool on the ball. Yeah. Is it happens? He hit the bar. Yeah. Right. Uh, we were winning two one. Yep. With about ten minutes to go, and I think Keegan equalised. Yeah. I think it was Kevin Keegan equalised, and then we we took him back to for the replay at Bellevue. Yeah. Uh, and there was a power strike on power cut, so there was a strike. We played the game in the afternoon. Okay. Twenty-two thousand people there. They were they were on pylons. They were, you know, I can still see it now. All, yeah. all those years ago. Yeah. Nineteen seventy-four. So you're right. Malcolm McDonald played in that game. Uh, they won three-nil. Liverpool. Tommy Smith got one of them. I think he even got one. Um, Did Alan Lindsay get one? If my memory serves me right, um, Keegan I think scored two, and I think Steve Highway scored the other goal. Was it? I right. think so. Right. I remember Keegan. Keegan had a shot. I think Brian Hall dived down and the ball went over Brian Hall. If, right. if my memory Brian Hall, yeah, right. I remember him, yeah. And, and I haven't watched that since I was a kid. That's my memories as a, a nine-year-old kid watching that cup final. In third place, an absolute magician and one of my all-time favourite players is, uh, is Stan Bowles. <laughs> yes. But I would class Stan as a midfield player. That's, you know, so... But I know he's... Uh, you you went as forwards. Yeah. See, that's why they put Curry and Hudson in because obviously they're, they're midfield players for me. But anyway, go on. But again, it, dep- it depends how you look at it, doesn't it? You know, he played the number ten. Did, he, did, he did, yeah. But he was a little bit further up, Warner, and yeah, you yeah. know, and, and he was a goal scorer as well. So oh, I have put him brilliant up there. Magi- magician player. Oh, what what Stan couldn't do with the ball just wasn't worth wasn't worth doing or knowing. What he could well, make that ball sing. And, and listen, I, I was once on a bus. Yeah. Uh, playing it all for yeah. Huddersfield Town and I'm what, listening to a race on the quarter to three <laughs> Tony Kelly from in my in village in, and Mick Butson come on to the bush said, we've got a match here at three o'clock I said don't worry we'll, we'll, we'll win we'll win the game I mean uh, I didn't think that would be top I would think that would be top but uh, Stan come out with one when uh, somebody told him about an horse somebody phoned uh, phoned up well not phoned up but I phoned the ground up they, well, they phoned the ground up told him about this horse he ran out with his kit on at, at uh, 10 to 3 because there was a bookie just around the corner and just around the ground. He ran out to put a bet on did Stan. You know, uh, obviously got a rollicking for it, like, but 
can imagine doing those things in the, uh, this this day and age? <laughs> well, I I interviewed Don Shanks and says what was Stan like on match days because there was a bookie around the corner, and Don said what Stanley used to do, he'd go down to the bookies at two o'clock, he'd put his bets on, and then he would come back and he'd go up into the players' lounge, and yeah. and as we're getting all we're all I've getting done changed, all that myself, but go on. <laughs> and he says Dave would go around the room and he'd give a little bit of a pep talk to all the individual players and by the time he'd come up to like number 10 which as you know he says Gab it was, it was Stanley go Don where's Stanley he says, oh, I don't know Gaffer and um, you know where Stanley was and then yeah. Stan would come down he said the doors would open and Stan would walk through the doors like Billy the Kid cussing his luck that his horse had just lost and Dave Sexton just used to shake his head he said Stan would go on the pitch he'd score the first goal and lay on the second goal the man was an absolute genius when you get on the football pitch you, you forget about any worries yeah, yeah. and then they're, they're back on once the game's over with but uh, great player great man and in second place another player in the same mould um, Frank Worthington I thought oh, just Frank, Frank was just different class. Yeah, Frank. I mean that that goal he Great scored. Uh, the goal he scored against Ipswich. I remember him telling me. He said to Terry Butcher, "If you'd have been standing up there with all your supporters, you'd have had a better look at that goal, son." How are we going to play those three in a game? Well, Frank, th- well, Malcolm. <laughs> we well, so- you can play. You can play. You can play. Stand with with one of those two. But you can't play all three because they have to play through the middle. Yeah. The best position. It's no good playing them on wing. You're not going to get the best out of them, are you? One of them. No, no, no. That, that, I mean, you get a lot of managers three. do that with strikers now. We put them yeah. on a wing. No, no, no. I'd play them as a three, a three up front, and you know they'd be moving around left to right, doing yeah. whatever they wanted to do in that final third. And um, I mean, my my midfield trio for England in the seventies would have been Alan Ball, Alan Hudson, and Tony Curry. That would have been my three with them three up front. Well, you're right, but Ball, and, and he's the best midfield player I played with. Yeah. But, it, but but for me then, um, it would mine would have been only because of the reason we Ball had been the wrong side of thirty, would have been Hudson, Bell, yeah, and Curry, yeah, Tony, uh, Colin Bell, sorry, yeah. Colin Bell, Tony Curry, and Alan Hudson. They they'd have been my three. Uh, Ball is the best midfield player I played with, but. What's to call him? Uh, Bally, what wrong side of thirty with, with Curry in them? Because Alan, Alan, only a young lad when he played uh, against West Germany when they beat when England beat him, and they absolutely. I think he he either didn't play after that or he played one more game. No, or he or he, um, he he played. That was his debut against Germany. And was then it? He, yeah, and he played um, he played again um, against Cyprus with with Malcolm. He only uh, played two games, didn't he? Yeah, did yeah, or he played yeah. two. Well, games. I said that. He only played two. I did. I said were two games. That was his his last game. Yeah. Or he played another game, but or his debut, and then he played played. So he, him and him and uh, Malcolm. So we won both his games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent record. Yeah. Both his games, and they bumped him off. And Malcolm scores five. Yeah. Did play again. Never played. Never picked again. It's incredible, wasn't it? And and then in in top place, numero uno is uh, is the greatest British player that we've ever had, George Best. Oh yeah, the king. Brilliant. So that's it's be interesting. This, you know, midfield players and then defenders. I'm going to enjoy this picking some of these old players back out. 
Now, behind the lens, which is a regular feature that we do, is that picture. You posted it up from your scrapbook the other day where you're saluting, you're on your knees and you're saluting a goal. And that was the first game after you'd um, you got... Well, you, 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 you had the riot, riot didn't you? You had the riot at Boundary, Boundary Park. When well, listen, Simon... you, all, you, all the Wednesday fans will tell you that yeah, was frightening. I know. I've seen I've seen some of the uh, the interaction with the Wednesday fans that were there that day. I, I'll tell you how bad it was because it hit the six o'clock news, <laughs> ITV, BBC, ten o'clock news, and then new uh, BBC Two news. It, you know, it were big headlines. It, it, it was first on riot at football match at Oldham. Sheffield Wednesday, you know, it was frightening. But that was my first game back after a month. Um, and I got a rollicking from the chairman, Bert McGee. Yeah. Right. And I'll never forget it because after we played that game, the ground, both under the, both stand, standing behind the uh, cop and Leppin' Lane, Lane end, uh, they were only standing room, so they were closed, so you could only sit. Yeah. So the twenty-four thousand people in the the two games that we played in, played two way two at home. So they made more money, right? Uh, and then the chairman came down after that game. We beat Blackburn two-one. Uh, I ran straight to the cop because there was nobody on the cop. Got on my hands and knees, and, and put, and, and got on my knees and uh, put my hands up in the air, went, you know. Say that fans sorry for what for what's happened, but yeah. I'm still thinking about you. And then after the match, Bert McGee come in. <clears throat> I said, you know that rollicking you gave me about what the I said, you've just made twice as much money for them last two matches we played in. <coughs> I think you ought to give me apology now, don't you? And, and he, looked at, he looked he, and he looked at me going out. He did because <laughs> it, it was really posh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were the good old days, and uh, Gabby. Yeah, they 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 were different, wasn't they? Players yeah. players used to play with a smile on the faces as well, and they used to entertain us supporters like the, the players that I've just mentioned in that five with Worthington Bowles and like you say with Hudson and yourself as well. And well, in our in our days, you, I mean, there'd be a couple of pubs near. Yeah, and I, and I went a big drinker, but in, there weren't as many smoked. Yeah, what the were. Pre, because when I first when I was a kid, you see football, there's smoking coming out of the ground. Yeah, you know what I mean. But when I when I were playing, there weren't. I'm not saying there weren't as many because they might not have smoked at the ground. Yeah, you know. But we'd go into the going for a pint. I'd go in for a glass of coke in those days. Yeah. They'd have a pint, and and in fact, there in, in pubs we used to mix with all fans. Yeah, you know, they loved it. We were happy because we'd won, and we we still went in if we got beat, and they were still great. You know, they weren't they weren't disappointed we got beat like it was how did we get beat to them it weren't yeah. having a go at you when you went in into pub you know we used to have some good times and some good laughs with them all fantastic days those were the halcyon days um, 1985 was a special year for Everton Football Club you were part of it and and there's a, a video out I've got it I watched it the other day it was it wasn't just 85 but it was from the time that that Howard Kendall took over at, at Everton Football Club mm. um, and and all the successes around those times the two football league championships that they won the uh, the cup winners cup that they won and the FA Cup that they also won um, Everton Howard's way what was it like? Being a part of, of that squad? Well, 
When I first went there, Gabby, yeah, uh, I went on loan. They were having a bit of a bad time, you know, and they got people like David Johnson there. Uh, they paid eight hundred thousand pounds for Adrian Heath, yeah, uh, from Stoke. You got Sheeds there, Kevin Sheed. They gave, they bought, paid three hundred, three hundred thousand pounds for Trevor Stevens, Paul Brace, Paul Bracewell. Yeah, they just bought Reedy. Yeah, uh, Andy Gray had just come. Uh, Mountfield, Ratcliffe, Bailey. Then they got Pat Vanden out from from Birmingham, and then we got Gary Stevens. And we got the best goalkeeper in the in the world at the time, yeah. Neville Southall. And they're not winning. Yeah, second bottom at league. Mm. Eleven thousand people. There, my first game, Birmingham. Yeah. Then we go to Ipswich. We win two one. Come off after game and Kevin Rat uh, half time. Kevin Ratcliffe's gone to the lads. He what captain rats. You tell me the ball will win us this match. We won 2-1. Then we got a result to put uh, West Brom. Then we played Tottenham again. I'm not quite sure. I I must look this up. We either lost 1-0 at Tottenham or we drew. Yeah. Uh, then we played Luton and we won 5-1. Right? Yeah. Then we played this last game with Notts Forest. 27,000 people there. So 11, 12 and a half, 27,000 against Notts Forest and we beat them 3-0 and then we couldn't agree on a fee and then I go back to Sheffield United uh, I, I would have gone back there earlier uh, because it would have given me what I was asking for but Arsenal and Man United came in my first game back there at Everton we're playing West Bromwich Albion and I do my leg yeah. I pull a thigh muscle I'm out now for seven months Yeah. right so uh, they they had a good cup run, but we'd gone from bottom of the league right up, yeah. And then I went back, and then I got injured against, uh, and they started to have a bit of a bad time again. That's why I finished going back there, and they gave me what I was asking for. Uh, but I got injured the first game, yeah. And um, they they can say it was the they can they can all turn around and say it was the uh, Oxford game. Because they all talk about the Oxford game yeah, and they're very cool. Yeah. And I'll tell you a couple of little stories about all this now. Now you've set me off on it. And I'll say you something what will shock you in a little bit. Cool. So anyway, uh, I get injured. And then we get to semi-final at Cup. And he's rushing me back to get to play. We play Luton away and, I do, and we win at Luton 3 nil, Yeah. 2 nil, something like that. And we played the Arsenal on the Monday. And I did, I, you know, that would be like the second game back. But in between those two games, I played a, a youth team game, inter, intermediate game, whatever they were in those days. And a couple of uh, friendly fixtures, the, the fixed up to, to get game time into me. Yep. Right? Anyway, uh, we beat Southampton 1-0 at Ivory. And they were going to bring me off within the last minutes. I didn't think it went, it looked like went into extra time. Yeah. You know, um, and I must have done done something quite good and he's left me on. But that's that's only might be third game back because I, I was out for seven months. Anyway, we get the win. Bump, bump, bump. And everything's looking great again. And then they played Norwich or the, or on the, either Monday or the Tuesday. Yeah. But we played Norwich. I pulled my hamstring. And I've never pulled hamstring or groin in my life. Yeah. 
So I played too many games in such a short period of time. Yep. There's only maybe a month to go before FA Cup final in 82 when we beat Watford. 84. 84. Yep. So I missed out on I missed out on, on the Cup final. Yep. Um, and obviously they won the FA Cup. The following season, we all come back in, we set back off, set off like Nottingham Forest did with the same team. There was only one subs in those days. Yep. You know, so I was always, I was on the bench. I played a few games, you know, uh, but I, I didn't lose my rag like I did at Forest, you know, but I weren't happy. We're not playing, yep. but the team's playing well, absolutely well. Anyway, I guess back into the team and I've done well, getting back into the team. Now, this is a shocking little bit, this. We're playing, we've, I played in the quarterfinal against um Dutch team, Fortuna Sittard. Yeah. Fortuna Sittard. We win 3 0 at our place, and I was being man for man marked. You know, all the big players on that pitch, I was the one who gave man marked. Yeah. And if you go on YouTube, we'll put Everton 3, Fortuna Sittard, and you'll see this, you'll see with it. You know, the kids following me all over the place and yeah. they were kicking lumps out of me. And I made a great goal for, for Andy Gray, but Andy Gray were brave because yeah. even though it's a great ball in, to put your head in there where somebody can come and kick your head off. Yeah. You know. So it was a it was a great ball in, but it was a great goal by Andy. And he scored an attic that night and I mean never were bouncing. I'm not sure if I played the next game, but I think I did. And then we were playing Bayern Munich in the semi-final. And we're having a training session. I'm thinking, I'm not going to be playing here. Mm. You know, so I said to him, am I playing gaffer in Munich? He said, I haven't made up my mind. I said, I want to know if I'm playing. He said, I haven't made up my mind. You know, so and there's only obviously 12 going. There's only 13, 14 going. Yeah. Right. So I'm either going to be playing or I'll be on bench one or the other. And I just, Took my kit. I says, "Should be team up your ass," and I walked out. And that's when I finished. That's when I finished at Everton. Mm. So not, not, not nobody knows that, do you? You see, and that it cost me my career there at Everton. Then, do you regret so, that? If you could take that, oh, if you could yeah, roll listen, the time back, would you have just said, "Look, the one thing, yeah, I thought we get it, but it's it's hypothetical, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the one thing I regret. Yeah." And I mean one thing I regret. You can imagine the greatest manager, you know, you've got Bill Shankly. Yeah. You know, you could put him on the same power with Cluffy, but Cluffy absolutely loved me. The one thing I do regret is getting the injury yeah. at Forest. That's the only thing I do regret. Mm. That's it. And if I'm honest, I am, you know, once you once you make, once you once you uh make a statement and you have to stand by it. Forest I didn't make the statement. I got injured. And it was a bad injury, you know. Um, and I do believe I would have got back into that team, you know. Reedy, Reedy, um, what in and out at team. Yeah. And now, it, it, here's a one for you, Reedy. And they all going about that little thing. I goes upstairs. Gaffer wanted to see him. He said, uh, "Send." Must have said to Reedy, "Send Terry." And Reedy's come out, and he's got a tear in his eye. And I said, "What's up with you?" He says, uh, "The gaffer Burnley's." Offered, uh, made an offer for me. I think they only paid sixty thousand pound for him, and Burnley were going to give give him the sixty thousand pound back. And he got a bit giving his eye, really. Yeah. I said, you don't have to go, really. I'm telling him, you know, you don't have to go, ba ba ba. 
Uh, and if, if me, if that would have been me, I'd have said to Gavin, sell me. You know, yeah. totally opposite. You know, but he was a, he was a scouser. It was a Liverpool fan. He's a Mad Everton fan now, like you know. But he'll still have a soft spot for because as a kid when you're growing up. But when you just play for, so that's the games he'll always go to is to Everton because that's that's what he won everything there. So I went into the manager's office and he said to me, uh, "How long are you going to be there, Baba?" I said, "I don't know yet, Gaffer." I said, "But the thing is, why are you selling? Why are you going to sell him to to? But this is true, this. Yeah. This is facts, all right? I said, uh, "Why are you selling him?" He's our best player, our best midfield player. Reed. And let me tell you something about Peter Reed. Worst training you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> Couldn't run in training. Yeah. Could not run in training. You know when he blew the whistle on a Saturday? Yeah. Never stopped running. Yeah. So, that, that, honestly, that is a fact. Yeah. But he read the game well, you know, and he weren't quick, but he had bad injuries when he was a kid like me, knee injuries. But in training, he was the worst trainer, couldn't run. Bah, bah, bah. Uh, but he read the game well. But come Saturday, then he would, he'd, he'd run all day long. Yeah. You know, unbelievable. And I said, you you must be crackers. You must be crackers, you, if you uh, sell him, Gaffer. Right? And I said, anyway, we play Liverpool on Saturday. And I said this in front of all of us. We play Liverpool on Saturday. Why are we frightened of Liverpool? Why are we frightened of Liverpool? Look at the team we've got. And we just started to play well again then. Yeah. Right? Let's look at the team we've got. I said, you've got Trevor Stevens, you've got Sheeds. You can either play Andy or Inchi up front, or Sharpie and Inchi up front. And you've got Reed, Reedy Bracewell. We've got the best goalkeeper in the world. Mm. Grobbler were a good goalkeeper, but they're always a mistake in Grobbler. Yeah, I agree. You know, we've got uh, Pat Van Den Uh Gabby, St- Gabby Stevens. And uh, or Stephen Mountfield and Rackler. I said, that's what we should be doing, Gaffer, going out and playing them. And you remember the story when I told you about Inchy smiling? That was the game. Yeah, was that the game? <laughs> we're not going. We're not going. And what he did, yeah. that was the team he played. That was the team he played. Yeah. Sharpie and Sharpie scored an absolutely unbelievable goal. Yeah, I remember it. Unbelievable goal. Yeah. And that's the team. And that is, listen, that's fa- when I. That is a fact. So, do I regret it? No. Great bunch of lads. Great team. Uh, we had some fabulous times together. And we all went out together and all. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know. What could have happened? I might have played in the semi-final. I don't know. Just stubbornness. Just stubbornness. You but know. It is a brilliant DVD. So you've got yeah. to get it, Everton, Edwards way. There's some great little bit of me reading there when he turns up for his first day in training. He'd gone out with no what more the night before, and he, oh. he said he, he said I couldn't pass the ball, I couldn't run, I couldn't. And and Kendall had called him in. He says, "Gaffer, I'm an absolute disgrace. I've been on the piss all night." <laughs> and he I've said, never... "I said you're all right because he likes to drink then himself, Edward." Yeah. Listen, I've never <laughs> spoke about in my book slag players off yeah. what they did. If you look at my book, it's never in it. Nope. But I'll tell you a couple of stories about that now. Howard was the best drinker I have yeah. seen in my life, ever. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Him and Reedy went to Isle of Man and they were up for two days. Didn't go to bed. Didn't go to bed. You know when I signed for Everton? Yeah. All right, they are, we're talking that they had art of everything, Evan. Yeah. Big gym, weight room. When other clubs hadn't got it. Yeah. Uh, sauna, ice baths, everything. Open your eyes up when you got there. All right. Anyway, every Monday we always had 
a game. Reserves played first team or a mix-up game. Whatever they did, did but that's what we did every Monday. Yeah. I would it'd be, well, I'd pick Bales up, get three packets of tree ball mints, because he would piss down his head. <laughs> right? I'd pick him up, get, I said, get them tree ball mints into you, get him to Belfield, set a clinks, clinks, get him in bath. We, we got, we've only got away with it for one, because I would, I would was still not pissed up, but <laughs> you can see uh, worse for wear. So I get him in bath and get him in treatment room. He's got a bad ankle. Yeah. He's got a bad ankle. Because you didn't have to go in on a Sunday like they did, like they do now, yep. if you're injured. So uh, Gaffer comes out onto pitch, and he used to play with us. Uh, uh, Colin couldn't because he'd, he'd, he'd got bad hips at Colin. He'd, yeah. he'd got hip, hip replacement. I would be around about 45. Still half pissed. Still half pissed. Into game, we play the game. And when I when I when I tell you this, because I look at players, I look for players what can play. Yeah. What can pose on the ball, what can pass the ball, what don't get uh, flustered, you know. And you can see him when you're playing. You can see him the in the game, yeah. you know. And he was the best player in the park. Yeah. And we got good players. Yeah. Honestly, it was absolutely brilliant. And we're talking about drink, right? And, and listen, don't think Howard wanted me to go. I knew something. I'm not going to mention it. And I yep. said to Howard, if you... Because I had Halifax job lined up. Yep. Player manager. Yeah. And I wanted to go to Halifax uh, uh, as player manager. Uh, and he wouldn't let me go. And who was chairman of Halifax then was uh, John Mainly, Paul Mainly's brother. Okay. He was, right... Uh, and Paul Bain, uh, not Paul, John mainly phoned me up. Would would I fancy job as? And this is how unlucky I am, because I, I said to him yes, I, I would. Mm. Anyway, they wouldn't let me go, right? And I went in to see Howard. I said, listen, Howard. He said I can't let you go yet. But so a week later, or two weeks later, maybe ten days later, whatever. So if you don't let me go. I'm going to put as many papers in. I wouldn't have done, but that, yeah. that, that was my way out of it. Um, but as I went in to see him, after training, when I uh, you called call for papers, yeah. Halifax appointed somebody as a manager. Yeah. So because I'd gone in to see him and asked him if, he, if I didn't let him go, so that's when he gave me the, the, three, the three, and I finished up then going to Huddersfield. That's how unlucky I was not to get the Halifax job. Might have, might have done well, I might have done bad, I don't know. Great time, great players, great laugh, and what a great team. And let me tell you something, Sheffield Wednesday's my club, but Everton is a fantastic, fantastic football club to play for. And by does that ground rock when it's, when it's uh, buzzing, and it does rock. Good as a yeah, and that's what come across in the DVD. So anyone listening out there, uh, go and buy that. Whether you're an Everton fan or not, I'm not. I'm a Birmingham City supporter. I watched that the other night and I was absolutely riveted to it. And do you know what, TC? It was that good. I'm going to watch it again. It was brilliant. Do you know we've done yeah. over an hour? Don't tell me. We have done over an hour. 
It's eight oh three. One. It's unbelievable. One. Hour but they're true stories. Six. So, can you see why I, I was disappointed? Yeah. I, I wasn't lucky. I was. So yeah. I missed out with England, but through a bad injury, I yeah. missed out. For yes, I could have. I could have kept my mouth shut. But yeah. I want you want to play. If you sit on the sub, if you sit on the sub bench now, they say they just sit there for money. Yeah. And when and when we're playing nowadays, and you wanted to play, if you're not playing, then you're a trouble cause. You, you can't. You can't. You can't win, can you? No, so. You you know, and all I would do, all I wanted to do was just play football. And do you know what else you can't win on this football forecast, TC? It's nine seven to GC at the moment. <laughs> They're teasing you again. I got back. I let you get two in front and pull back. I could have gone the right way. And listen, I've told you before. What about the little football bet the other night? Oh no, oh, that was a result. <laughs> what a result! What were you thinking though at the time when Stoke Moors were three you know, nil up? You know when they were two nil down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put my ticket in bin. Yeah, I bet you did. Right? I put me honestly I do. I just yeah. put me t- I, at half time I did two or three nil down. Yeah. I, that's the first time it's happened to me that. Mm-hmm. First time it's happened to me where I've come from behind. I've, Liverpool twice cost me eighteen thousand pounds for a twenty pound bet. Yeah. Twelve teams, ten teams and six teams and that type of thing. Yeah. And I I, I backed uh Trebensis and also at twelve to one. Wigan to win cup at, at League Rugby Cup three to one when they were top team. Yeah. Um, Liverpool at three to one to win FA Cup. Wolves to get promoted. Villa to get promoted. Um, well, anyway, who beats Liverpool? Wimbledon in the FA Cup that cost me eighteen thousand quid for a twenty pound bet. <laughs> I had Liverpool at uh, AC Milan for another eighteen thousand pound. They were three nil up. They were three nil up. Right? And what about this one? I'm in the bar. I buys everybody a drink. Yeah. Right? All Liverpool's got to do is draw. Yeah. All they have to do is draw. Right? Mm-hmm. To win league. And I'm not sure if they'd be, if that would double that year. Right? I think they wouldn't double a few times, but I'm sure they, 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 they could have won double that year. I bought everybody. I'm in Spain. I bought yeah. everybody. All lads were in were, were a football, football team were in Spain. I'm not sure for others, some football team I was with. Anyway, yeah. I bought everybody a drink, you know, winning myself uh, 7,000 quid for a £20 bet. Yeah. What happens? Go on. Uh, they score. Yeah. Right? If they lose 1 0, they win league. Yeah. I'm waiting for Liverpool to win league. Right? John Barnes loses the ball. Liverpool, uh, Arsenal counter attack, and Thomas scored the winner. Yeah. You know, so uh, some of them football bets. So when that, I threw that bet away, right? It went for a lot of money because I, I had oh, they had West Brom. By the way, that West Brom wasn't a penalty. No, never in a million years. That wasn't a penalty. And listen, I back West Brom. Yeah. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be 66 quid for 20 quid. But yeah. when they, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> but that's the first time I've had teams come from 2-0 down. Yeah. I've had it many a times other way. Man United against Sheffield United. Winning two one and get beat. Uh, winning one nil get beat two one. West Brom once before winning uh, winning two nil and Swansea come and beat him when when Toshak took him into old first division Swansea. Yeah. Oh, some right. I've had some right dodgy bets. Me. <laughs> I didn't think footballers could have a bet. You're not supposed. <laughs> <laughs> They can't, you know, they can't suspend me now, can they? <laughs> but you, what age is it? Because, I mean, current footballers can't bet. But when you're a retired footballer, you, you can then, can't you? 
Yeah, you can then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But listen, you know, because they got done, didn't they? Yeah, uh, they did, yeah. Okay, right. But, I mean, you'd phone lads up and you'd say, this, another truck, phone lads up and you say, what were they like? Oh, the crap, right? I'm playing for Sheffield United. I'm playing for Sheffield United now, right? And the clock end at, uh, at uh, Bramall Lane. Yeah. It is now, you, the games used to finish at 10 past, 10 past um, nine in them days. Like half past seven kickoff, weren't it? To yeah. ten past nine. Yeah. Anyway, at nine o'clock, it's still nil nil. We're playing Reading. Have five hundred quid on us, even money. You're not supposed to bet. I'm not backing against us. So yeah, exactly. Five, yeah. So have five hundred quid on us. Uh, we finish up drawing nil nil. Right. I just I'd, I'd had a good game, but I won't pass to nobody. <laughs> the last last ten minutes, I'm going to be the Josephines, right? And there's a few Sheffield United fans there. I'm not going to swear on it, but they didn't yeah. have to give me some, you've not drank, you're useless, baba. Why don't you go back to Sheffield? <laughs> I just had five in the quid. <laughs> but those were the days, uh, Gabby. They certainly were. And Friday night, we've got Millwall against one of your old clubs, Nottingham Forest. So how do you see that one going, TC? <sighs> Forest is just like Wednesday. When I pick them, they get beat. Yep. When I don't pick them... Uh, I had them against QPR. Well, I had them for a draw with QPR, but I, I had QPR to beat them on my football bet, and the Forest won four nil. Yeah. Then I had Forest on Saturday on my football bet to beat um, Cardiff. Cardiff and get beat one nil. Millwall's a funny team. I'm going to go for one one. One one. Good. You're going one one. I'm going to go. 2-1 You were to go 1-1, weren't you? I was going to go 1-1, <laughs> but I'm going to go 2-1 Millwall because that is a dog of a place it, to go. It is, listen, it is. It is. It's an hard game. And they didn't miss one minute to play really well, yep. don't they? Yep. Millwall. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But when they play the big, they raise the game when they play the bigger team. So you might be onto a winner there, Gabby. Second game, um, Everton, again, one of your old clubs against Chelsea. Will Marco Silva still be in a job? Yeah. How do you be, see that? It, it'll be still in a job. Yeah. You know why? You know why it'll still be in a job? They're winning two 0 tonight, are they against Liverpool? Are they winning two 0 no, I was just saying they enter, are they? Yeah. Well, we got, we got Liverpool tonight, listen, aren't they? You're going to laugh. Not because I want Liverpool to get beat. I've had a tenner. Yeah. Everton to beat Liverpool thirteen to two. Ooh. Man United eleven to eight. And Leicester one to three to beat Watford. Yeah. So I think they're going to nick that game tonight. So I'm going to go... Is it to Everton? Everton, Goodison, yeah. Whether he's there or whether he's not, I'm going to go 1-0 with Everton. I'm going to go 1-1. If he gets if he gets the sack, I think the, the summer's not right there because yeah. they're, they're too good. They're just spent £400 million, didn't they? You know, there's something wrong. You know, they're either not playing for him or he's not putting the right team out, one way or the other. So I'm going to go 1-0 Everton. West Yorkshire Derby, Huddersfield versus Leeds United. 2-0 uh, Leeds. I'm going to go 2-1 Leeds, be fair on that. 2-0 Leeds. Uh, Too strong. Fulham Too versus strong. Bristol City, again, another difficult game to call. Fulham, 2-0. I'm going to go... They're playing well now. They're playing, yeah. well now. They're playing well now. I'm going to go again. I'm going to go 1-1. We, we, we kept missing, didn't we? We kept yeah. getting it... Giving it wrong, I put them down for a winning, and then they go and meet Swans, of which I got two one. I got that. In fact, I got the right result that way. Yeah, two, no, two one, one. went out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
so I'm going to go uh, Fulham. No Fulham. And Sheffield Wednesday, your club against Brentford, who are on the back of a seven-nil shoeing of Luton. I know this is this is another tough one. You know, yeah, great is. result, great result for Wednesday. Brentford always seem to do well against Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. but I'm still going to go. I'm going to go one-nil win Sheffield Wednesday. Okay, I'm going to go Sheffield one. Wednesday one, Brentford two. Two, I thought you would. Yeah, but I just say that I won't be surprised at it. You know, because Brentford, if you look at the results when they play Sheffield Wednesday, they always get a good result. Mm. Always get a good result. And then on Super Sunday, um, focuses on the Midlands because the Wolves are on live. And then Aston Villa versus Leicester City. 1-1. I am going to go Aston Villa 2, Leicester 1. I think the Villa will just shade it at home against Leicester. But, Great result. By the way, that was a good call. You said there were going to be plenty of goals against Man United and Villa, yeah, didn't you? You, yeah. you, you, got, you got that right, too. Yeah, two. I predicted 2-2, two, two, yeah. yeah. I, I fancied Villa to get something as yeah. long as Dean Smith went for the game. Because I think if you're going to play United, go for United. Because if they have got a weakness, it is at the, if you, you go at them. But like you've said before, if you give United the ball and you give that that front three a bit of a, a, bit of a run out, they, they can cause you a lot of problems. You, you, you've got to go for the game, Gabby. To go for the game, 100%. but the players have got to understand make the pitch smaller when we ain't got the ball yeah work out to get it back right but at the same time make it condensed so they can't get through you well tc that is the end of the podcast and because i won last week and it's 9-7 to gabby i get to pick the music so i'm gonna pick this week um killing me softly by roberta flack, roberta flack. great song now, I that, don't like some of your songs, even though you don't like mine. No, I do, actually. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> I do. I think you've got great taste. And I have put on Spotify um, a playlist for the current view. I've just put up a new um, group as well today, My Senses. Yeah, with all the interviews that we do. So I've got the current view. So we've got what we do. I've got the other stuff, what, what we do with Udi, My Life, yeah. My Music. And... Um, and I've just recorded my part six of that with Hoodie. He picks six songs and, and we talk about the stories behind the songs. Yeah, I've, and, yeah, I've, heard, I've heard a couple of them. They're quite good, then. Yeah, right, I, I, well, I, I love talking to you and Hoodie. Mm. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful hour that, that flies by and far too quickly. So let's hope that we're both singing the blues this weekend. And thank you all for listening. Oh, and by the way, next week as it stands... Chris is off for a couple of weeks, so it looks as though next week is the last week for a couple of weeks for the podcast. So we're going to be talking about the Steel City Derby, Demolition Derby, the Boxing Day Massacre next week, mate. Well, I'll I'll wish you a happy Christmas before then, and good luck to the uh, Pepe, the new Birmingham manager. Um, I mean, uh, he's been confirmed now as a manager, hasn't he? So um, I don't know if uh, he helped him get the job, uh, Monk, yeah, when by when he's interviewed, so I don't know what he is there. I don't know if he's manager or whatever. So, but he's doing well for them. So he's he's got the job. So good luck to them. Have a great weekend, you and your family, and we'll see you uh, next week. Ready for his last one, uh, just for, for Christmas then. Likewise, Tay said, if I can talk him into, we'll do another one. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Catch you later, mate. Have a good one. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.
It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 